Welcome to Alphabet Fly's Psychopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through fish rhyme with the Marvel Universe. With guests, we talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is someone who's just real hard to talk about, Russell. Hi. Uh, t- today, we're doing our fourth Kang episode. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> and would you know, we're going to cover some of the same ground, but slightly different, just like with <laughs> all the Kang people. Yes. At one time, I had like a like a pretty good chart mm-hmm. of Kang people. Yeah, <laughs> Kang um, people. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they're all Kang, but also technically different. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Sometimes they fight each other. Yeah. Also, if you haven't read the the Kang the Conqueror series that just came out with C- episode with the issue two, I want to say uh, uh, as of the week of recording is uh real good. Oh. It features, it, it features a younger Kang killing an older Kang so he could take all of Kang's stuff and do it his way. Oh, uh, of course. <laughs> exactly. Uh. Yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, but this is a, a Silver Centurion. Mm-hmm. His real name is Kang. Yeah. Because Kang the Conqueror. <laughs> or Nathaniel Reeds. Uh, I don't know. Also, I don't think they mention it enough. That Mr. Fantastic's half-brother is Kang the Conqueror. Mm-hmm. They need to mention that more. Yeah. I just love how, like, his dad just goes around time just impregnating people. <laughs> it's, it's a thing that he yeah. does. <laughs> Some would say. Actually, you know what? I think, I think Mr. Richards, Mr. Fantastic's dad, is the, uh, one of the worst villains. Marvel oh, universe. Yeah. What of them? Oh yeah. <clears throat> we'll but, have to do a tomes of evil on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ooh, you you'll have a decent amount to go over. Yeah. Now that guy looks like a villain right there. Yeah, Silver <laughs> Centurion. Not so sorry, not silver. Uh Scarlet Centurion. He's yeah. I have the essential version, so it's black and white, but he's ran a lot of red. Yeah. Um but yeah. Um <clears throat> His, he has a cape and does a bunch of cool stuff, you know, because that's how that works. Yeah, yeah. Capes are cool. <laughs> Occupation is Conqueror. Yeah. Good money if you can get it. Uh, identity is secret. N- no, it ain't. It's, it's Kang. We, we know who you are. <laughs> uh, he's a monarch of a alternate future Earth in the 50th century A.D., which is 18 years after he would have been born, I want to say. Mm-hmm. I think it was the 23rd. No, 22nd century, I want to say. But it wouldn't be his future anyway, be an alternate future. Because yeah. this is the... This is the one that... Okay, so this is the Kang that wasn't defeated by Doom. Okay. When he was in that ship around Saturn, I want to say. This is the one that went ahead and defeated that uh, defeated the Avengers, I want to say. Okay. I want to say that. I, I, one of them done that. Say, I, I used to have a chart, and I don't have it anymore, so I, I guess remake it? Hmm? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but 
Uh, he first showed up in Avengers Annual Number Two, but I'm not counting that because it's Kang. So we're gonna go first time Kang showed up, which was uh, Fantastic Four issue number nineteen, Prisoners of the Pharaoh, in October nineteen sixty three, and oh, gonna... Ramatut. <laughs> yeah, Ramatut. And we do have a cover piece theater. Cover piece theater. So, uh, to set the scene, we have Rama Tut uh, shooting a beam around uh, Mr. Fantastic the Thing and uh, the Human Torch. Uh, he's standing on, on top of what looks like a plinth of some sort. And uh, he is holding the arm of the Invisible Woman, who at any point could stab an invisible knife through his throat, and he would never know where it came from. But, mm-hmm. you know, she was the Invisible Girl at this time. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I forgot. Invisible <laughs> Girl. Okay. Oh, this is a couple issues before he fought uh, Hitler. They fought Hitler. Oh, boy. Like a hitmonger. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, uh, Rama Tut is uh, saying that you... Oh. There, Susan Storm, there is what happens to those who defy me, no matter what powers they possess. And, uh, Susan, and, and Sue, good old Sue Storm, says, I never thought it could happen. Ramatut's ray gun made them helpless slaves, made helpless slaves of the Fantastic Four. Mm. And, uh, yeah, that's what they're doing. <laughs> so, yep. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty early one. This would have been, well, 19 would have been halfway through their second year of uh, monthly comics with them. Yep, 19, October 1963. Yep. Um, now, uh, but yeah, that's the first time they ever showed up. And, uh, let's get through this, because it's, uh... Yeah. It's gonna be a slog. Good <laughs> to say it. Okay. <laughs> uh, so first man known as the Scholar Superior appeared to be a descendant of Nathaniel Reeds, the father of Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four. Nathaniel Richards traveled to an alternative dimension of Earth where he sired a line of descendants. One of the descendants... Oh, wait, so, no, he's he's not the half-brother. He's, like, the grand-uncle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But whatever. It's, Reeds is related to Kang. Um, so... Yeah, one of the descendants was born in the 30th century, being being a man of adventure in a time of world peace and prosperity. He was uh, discon- uh, discontented, uh, discovering a time travel machine in the ruins of one of his ancestors' property. This man used it to embark on a lifelong, a a life of conquest and adventure. He began looting various time periods for weaponry and technology. Finally, he decided to set up base of operations in Egypt of 2950 AD. Traveling back to that time, he subdued the... Is that supposed to be BC? Uh... Because, okay. Because, like, because if it's AD, then it would have just been the Egypt of his time. Right. Like, a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Because that would have been 50 years before he was born. Yeah. <laughs> so, it has to be BC because they went to the past. But whatever, I'm I'm gonna say BC because that's the one that makes sense. Um, 
But yeah. Uh, Traveling to back to that year, he subdued the Egyptians with superior weaponry and made himself their ruler under the name of Pharaoh Ramatut. In the fourth year of his reign, Ramatut encountered the Fantastic Four, who had themselves journeyed back to that time. After short-lived victory over the Fantastic Four, Ramatut escaped to his time machine control modular 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 module and uh, left that time period destroying all remnants of advanced technology he left behind Um, on his way to the far future he was delayed by a time storm which temporarily blocked his passage uh, beyond the second half of the 20th century Rama rescued Dr. Doom who was adrift in space and returned him to space unable to travel for in time, due to the effects of the time storm, Ramatut adopted a new identity as the Scarlet Centurion and used this technology to cause the Avenger known as the Wasp to press a certain control on a time machine invented by Doctor Doom. Captain America and the other Avengers used the time machine to travel back to 1945 to watch the circumstances of his death, Bucky Barnes, which they had a typo here. It says Cubkey Barnes here. <laughs> which you know that'd be interesting it's just a new just a change where his name is a uh, cub key for some cub reason key. yeah cub key <laughs> um, while uh, they themselves remain slightly out of synchronization with time stream. uh you know that doesn't feel like a good thing to do captain cap you know no no no, no. <laughs> as a result the wasp press Pressing the control, Captain uh, Captain America fully materialized in 1945 to coexist with his earlier self. This enabled the Scarlet Centurion to divert time the timeline. On that timeline, he contact contract he contacted the original Avengers shortly after their formation and told them that he would make the world into a utopia if he could capture and imprison all other super if they would capture and, and imprison all other superhuman beings. Having fallen under the control of their influence, uh, under his influence of his mind control uh, devices, they agreed, and they not only captured all other superhuman uh, beings on Earth, but the effect became, but in effect, became dictators of Earth. Hence, the Avengers conquered, has conquered this divergent Earth for Scarlet Centurion. The Centurion then brought Captain America and the other Avengers who had traveled back to 1945, along with the Wasp, to this divergent timeline in order to defeat the alternate reality's dictatorial team of Avengers for him. However, (laughs) Captain America's team of Avengers defeated the Centurion using a time machine to dispatch him into an other-dimensional realm and then return to the present of their own timeline. Okay, so <laughs> this is why I needed a chart last time. So okay, because I said a lot there. Mm-hmm. I want to just go through it one more time. Okay, so Ramatut goes was trying to go into the future. There's a wall. They're twenty in twenty first century. No, twentieth century couldn't get past. <laughs> okay, so then he met Doctor Doom and brought him to Earth. Made Wasp push a button on a time machine. <laughs> and because of that, Cap 
was alongside his other self watching his partner die? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> you know, question mark there. Then you have Cat. Okay, then you have him mind controlling the Avengers in another alternate past past his future to take over the world and then he got the Avengers that we know and love to fight them because I guess he wanted to like okay now that I have the plan in my head it actually is a good plan okay Mm -hmm. okay so you have the Avengers take over the earth basically so he doesn't have to do the taking over part at that point and if he had these Avengers, the 616 Avengers, fight those Avengers, and those Avengers were defeated, and he just filled in the power vacuum, that means he didn't have to fight anyone to get yeah. all that power. Which is good, plan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Okay. I'm gonna go with that. Uh, so, uh, for the Centurion, he traveled to the 50th cent- uh, century, where he assumed another identity, becoming Kang the Conqueror. A man known as the Scarlet Centurion is one of the uh, greatest enemies of the Squadron Supreme, a team of superhuman champions based on the alternate Earth, and that is 712, Earth 712. Uh, The identity of the Centurion is unclear. Possibly he's Ramatut, native to the Squadron's Earth. If so, history would have been much the same as Ramatut's mainstream Earth. Perhaps he never took on Ramatut's identity at all, but took on the identity of the Centurion when he first began his life of conquest. Perhaps he is an altogether different person, Native Squadron's reality, who adopted the Centurion identity by seeming coincidence. The other possibility is that Centurion is a divergent version of the Centurion who battled the Avengers. Hence, a temporal divergence occurred in which one alternate future of the Centurion became Kang and the other remained the Centurion and clashed with a squadron. That was a whole long paragraph of, I don't know. (laughs) Which is why I love doing these Kang ones. This is like, I don't know. It could be. Could be a lot of things. Was he defeated or not? I don't know. Was that, that could have made a different future. We don't know. Right. Yep, yep, yep. Um, in any event, Scarlet Centurion menaces the Squadron Supreme and makes his base on the alternate future Earth of the 50th century, but over the course of his life conquered virtually all future time eras except for the 20th century, which the Squadron protects. The Squadron had clashed with the Centurion on numerous occasions. At one point, he entered into a game with the alien Grandmaster which the Grandmaster pitted the squadron against a team of opponents assembled by the Centurion. Centurion's own team consisted of an assemblage of uh, enemies of various squadron members. This team proved this team continued to work together after the game and was known as the Institute of Evil. Um, After Earth had been thrown into chaos by the aftermath of the dictatorship established by the alien Overmind, the Centurion announced his intention to conquer Earth through the Squadron. However, the Centurion decided to set aside his plan of conquest temporarily after Hyperion threatened to kill him if he attempted to carry out this threat. You know, that's a pretty pretty smart thing to do when Superman decides, I'm going to kill you if you do this. Okay, yeah. 
<laughs> I'm not going to. Thank you for the warning. I'm just gonna scooch back now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you a gift basket. <laughs> uh, so subsequently, uh, squad remember Tom Thumb journey to Centurion's fiftieth fiftieth uh, uh, century in hope of finding a cure for the parents of another squadron member's uh, nuke who were dying of cancer. Centurion promised to give Thumb a sample of his panacea potion, which would cause, which would cure old age and all disease. If Thumb would sprinkle brown argonite, which is basically Hyperion's kryptonite, mm-hmm. in Hyperion's food, the argonite would weaken Hyperion, giving Centurion the chance to kill him. Um, but uh, Centurion also was aware that the poem could not cure cancer in the 20th century, uh, which we will describe more later. Okay. But you know what? Kind of a dick move on, on his part, what he, what he was about to do. Mm-hmm. He was about to do Tom Thumb real bad. Who, if I remember properly, have you read the Squadron Supreme Maxi event? I have not. Okay, first off, you should. <laughs> um, it, it hits real hard because... You know, oopsie whoopsie, someone did fascism. Uh, but, you know, but we thought we were doing good. You know. Uh, but uh, Tom Thumb dies of this issue. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he, he, just, he, he finds a way to go to the future and everything and be like, oh man, I messed up. He just dies. It turns out he also has cancer. Yeah. So, that's fun. I mean, we're going to get to that point anyway in this, but I, I just, you know, you should definitely read the Maxi event, though. Like, definitely read it. It's really good. It's Mark Renwald's, like, magnum opus. Oh, okay. But Thumb, th- but Thumb was dying of cancer himself. Another squadron member, Ape X, which is an ape. <laughs> <They're> super intelligent. <laughs> that is, that has a tr- tank. <laughs> as legs and is super in love with Tom Thumb and also it took me several years to realize that Apex spells out Apex yeah um <laughs> because I never said it out loud I was just like oh Apex yeah so you know that's that's fun um but yeah but but Apex uh but Apex learned of Tom's cancer and told him that it was morally justifiable for him to steal some of the panacea potion from the centurion, believing that such a theft would compromise his moral per- uh, uh, principles, but not wishing to die. So he journeyed to the 50th century once more, made off the container of the potion. But after returning to his own time, he discovered that the potion contained no more than penicillin and a few complex vitamins. It worked with the people of centurion's time since over many cultures the over many centuries the human species immune system had been improved through eugenics but it was ineffective to people of the 20th century realizing he could not escape his coming death he returned the sample of the potion to the centurion's 50th century tom thought tom thumb died shortly after his return to his own time period centurion had watched thumb commit the theft but chose not to prevent it, finding amusement in Tom, in Tom Thumb's attempts to stave off his own death. In his old age, Centurion found himself having achieved every conquest he desired except for that of the squadron's 20th century. It's not, we don't know how old he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
because he may have like actually you know used a bunch of stuff to slow his aging. Yeah. Um, but it, it was at this point he dispatched a temporal interface transmitting hologram of himself to the squadron's time in order to witness through the holograms the uh through the hologram the squadron's desperate struggle to prevent the destruction of earth by the original nth man and that was during the um that was a second maxi event uh which was basically a crisis on infinite earths ah but yes. for marvel I guess the first one. Uh, what was the first one be? What was the original? Because because that's also a um because because the squadron's whole thing is like you know he's basically their Vandal Savage. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know the squadron's whole thing is a uh, Justice League pastiche. Yeah, Justice League. Yeah, because uh, Mark Grenwald loved DC, but he was a company man and loved working at Marvel. Yeah, so, which. It's, which uh, DC also has a uh, Avengers uh, yeah. pastiche as well, and they only really showed up in like the. Uh, I think the last time they showed up, it was in the um oh, the maxi event they did with the uh, Uncle Sam and stuff, <laughs> where the Razzis or the Nazis, but they said the Razzis. Um, was a thing. It was a good one. Oh, man. It had, like, Doll Woman in it and uh, Uncle Sam and... I uh, have no idea. <laughs> it was a good one. I read it. <laughs> and it was good, and I forgot the name of it completely. The Living Bomb. They're giving, they're giving people, like, Plastic Men, like, drinks that would, like, turn them into Plastic Men. Okay. I can't remember it, so... <laughs> But yeah, that, that's the last time I remember seeing them in DC anyway. But uh, yeah, that's about it. Do you have anything else? Do you have anything to say about this? Um, just this is this is one one wild ride. It's exhausting. Yeah, <laughs> it's just exhausting. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I don't know, but we'll. Yeah, but he's a uh, he's six three, weighs three, well two thirty, brown eyes and uh, brown hair. He does like moderate exercise, no superhuman ability. <sighs> he like you know he's he knows how to do technology real well. Yeah, that that is one of Kang's uh, strong suits. Whole thing, really. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's a Richards, so I guess. That runs in the family. <laughs> yeah. But uh but yeah, that's all we have. So um what do you have to plug? Well, uh, my name is Russell, and I am the host of Tomes of Evil. Uh you can find us on Twitter at Tomes of Evil Pod. Come join us and uh listen about some bad guys from Hobgoblin, Scarecrow, Doctor Doom, Darkseid, and everyone in between. Wait, are you talking about the DC Scarecrow or the Marvel Scarecrow? Uh, both, eventually. But both, okay. Yeah. Oh, will you do Will you do Snowflame at one point? Well, you know what? You'll have to wait until April Fool's for that one. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I mean, he'll 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 show up real nicely next to your hemoglobin. Yes, episode. We, yeah. we. I'm not even joking. We have an, a whole month of bad villains planned in April. Just, oh man, I. Mm. Are you familiar with the Fantastic Four villain named Facade? <laughs> it sounds familiar. I might be suppressing something. He's, though. he's a really bad stereotype. Um, <sighs> uh, yeah. Well, There's all, sure we'll also be talking about everyone's favorite uh, two-faced villain, and I don't mean Harvey Dent. I have, a, um, of course, I'm talking about the Bye Beast. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I'm looking forward to that actually. Uh, the, I'm looking forward to that. So, yep. This is uh, so uh, so. Yeah, this is Jesse. I have another podcast called uh, Over in Smith, where me and my friend. Reading an H.P. Lovecraft story and release an audiobook of it if it isn't too boring or racist. Um, if you want to support me voluntarily, you can go to patreon.com slash alphabetflight. Um, you can also support me by going to at alphabetflight on Twitter and Instagram, where you can share the links of the episodes that we uh, send out, or you can also just tell a friend. Uh, this is Alphabet Flight, and may Conchie protect you through all of your night travels. Good night. Mm-hmm.